another episode of Mrs. Motivation with me, your host, Chrissy Clemente. Today, I'm so excited to have with me Claudine of Yoga Beyond. It's an honor to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for coming on. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for making the time and for asking me to, to join your, your viewers. Yeah, I mean, I have so many questions for you, and I'm just so curious about how you've been able to create such a beautiful life with your husband and, and also brand. So I'm definitely very excited to be picking your brain today. My first question for you is, was this always your dream to be traveling and doing yoga around the world with your family? You know, it was interesting. Uh... Yes is the short answer, but years ago I had been given an assignment in uh, years and years ago in a high school class of mine to write a letter to myself eight years down the track and to, to envision where I'd like to be and where I see myself. And I, last time I was in New York, I read this letter and the vision of what I'd wanted for myself is pretty damn close to what we're doing now. I had told myself that I want that whatever I do for work, I want to be able to travel and have the freedom to meet people and connect with people in different parts of the world. And I would love for my my beloved to come along with me and have the flexibility to to share in in a way that doesn't keep me in one spot and to be able to keep moving around and doing the thing that I love anywhere I go. I don't usually hear that. Usually I hear like, no, I wanted to go to business school, but then this is what ended up happening for me. So you actually saw this vision for yourself and you were able to create that. Yeah, I, I, it was pretty mind blowing to to read that. I was actually pretty clear from early on about what I wanted to do. I didn't have the details of it figured out, but well, I knew what I wanted early on. Wow. And so did you start yoga pretty early on in your life as well? I started yoga when I was 15. I was traveling to Bali with my family. My parents have a, a women's clothing business that they'd been involved in, still are, for over 30 years. And so Bali was a family holiday for us. My, my parents would work and I would get to play for two months of the year while they were creating a collection and meeting with business partners. And so one year in Bali, a friend of my mom said, hey, I think you'd like this yoga class. You should check it out. And I had no idea of what to expect, but I trotted along and I just totally fell in love with the, the oddness of it and the mystery and uh, the names of the poses. Like, I really didn't know what I was getting into, but there was something in there that just drew me in. And, and I went back again and again for almost two months. And, and I knew then too, that this was something that I always wanted to have in my life. So that was a pretty clear sign early on too that this yoga thing was something that was calling me. So you said you're from New York City originally. Mm -hmm. So how did you come to meet your husband and how did you get to start creating this business together? We met 11 years ago and we met through my godmother who I like to call my fairy godmother because she's a very intuitive, very open, beautiful human. And she's from New York originally, but she had moved to Australia for a couple of years where Hansa was living at the time. So they met uh, through, through fitness. Hansa used to be a full-time personal trainer. He had his own business and she was a client of his and they became really good friends as well as uh, working together and one day she just kind of sat down and realized that we needed to meet so she sent me an email saying you know if there are two people in the world who should at least connect it's the two of you I know you're 10,000 miles apart you're in New York right now he's in Australia but you should really get in touch and we did. <laughs> uh, she's the kind of person, like I said, who I just trust implicitly. She's really intuitive and she's known me my entire life and I adore her. And we had this effortless rapport. I sent Honda a short email. He sent me a longer one back and 
and we just opened up the floodgates of our past, of our present, of what we want for the future, and shared so much about who we are before we ever saw each other in the flesh, before we ever touched each other. And yeah, I, we, I think we both felt, not I think, we know, <laughs> there was a really strong heart pull for both of us. And within five weeks, uh, he flew to New York to meet me and stayed for almost a month and met my family and friends. And before the end of his visit, he invited me to move to Australia. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I felt like there was no other logical answer or reason to, to stay in New York or to do anything else, but just say, yep, I'm coming. So uh, at the time I was running a small yoga studio in Queens and and it just wasn't right. Like the, the area wasn't right for what I was trying to create. So a few weeks after he left, I kind of closed things down, handed it over to a friend and packed up my life and bought a one-way ticket to Sydney. Oh my God. Talk about like putting all your eggs in one basket and having total faith that this was the right thing. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was scary <laughs> for sure. Uh, but it felt like, it just felt so logical. You know, the heart was definitely pulling me more than the head, but they were actually working together. It wasn't, there wasn't any strong voice sitting on my shoulder saying, this is crazy, this is really stupid. It just felt like, yep, it's, it's time to go. And I always said to myself that, you know, if it doesn't work out 110%, then I can always come back home, but I'll never know unless I just, put my whole self into it and see what happens. That's unbelievable. It sounds like it, you guys were truly meant to be. I guess we are, you know, 10 years later, 11 years later, we have a baby, we've created a beautiful life together. And so it feels, it feels right. Uh, I don't like to be too boastful, but you know, it feels tried and true. Our wedding vows to each other were based around the, the law of attraction, uh, this concept of nothing is forever and nothing is permanent, everything is always changing. And so uh, what, those, what those teachings share about relationships is that nothing is guaranteed. So what they say about uh, marriage and relationships is, I like you pretty good, let's see how it goes. I love that. You know, I, I recently went on a silent meditation um, with Sharon Salzberg and Joseph Goldstein, who are like my meditation mentors. And that's when I started to learn, like things are always changing and you never know what the next moment or second or minute brings, but live in the now and then see where that kind of takes you. And it seems like that's exactly what you're, you guys promised each other. Yeah, I love that. It's so true. It's so in alignment. And so every year we, we sort of check back in with one another and say, yep, I still like you pretty good. <laughs> Let's see how this year goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's so amazing to me that you said that in high school, you wrote this letter to yourself and you kind of saw this vision. And you also mentioned that Hansa was a personal trainer before he was doing yoga with you. What now did he see the same vision for himself that you saw as a young child? Well, he he's a very proactive creator of the things that he wants in life. Uh, he was he's originally from the Czech Republic and moved to Australia in his late teens and and knew that he wanted to create a better life for himself than he knew what was possible back home. So early on, he was very driven and, and passionate about calling the things into his life that he wanted. And within his exploration and searching, he took up painting really as an outlet to help him be more creative and to, to alleviate some heaviness from you know, not knowing quite what he wanted to do yet. So in his time painting, he, he would listen to these recordings, uh, some from the Law of Attraction, from Abraham Hicks, and, and all kinds of other sources. And in one time that he was creating, that he was listening to these recordings and, and making a painting, he made this entire piece in 10 hours, this abstract painting of a man and a woman 
looking at a third woman off in the distance and the their backs are facing the viewer and it's full of color and it's a it's a really abstract very colorful piece and and uh, as he finished this painting he wrote a quote on the back of it from Albert Einstein which was one of his favorite inspirations and it says imagination is everything it's the preview of life's coming attractions he was like calling you into his life yeah yeah i i we do definitely believe that now and it goes a little bit further he named the painting cosmic imagination and fast forward to almost a year after he made this piece we started to talk and to connect and i was telling him about my yoga background and how my first meditation teacher had given me a Sanskrit name, which is Kalpana. And he said, oh, that's lovely. Now, what does it mean in English? <laughs> and I said, the translation that I was given is cosmic imagination. Oh, my God. Talk about kismet. Yeah. Complete synergy, the cosmic union that's beyond ourselves. And, and when we both heard that, you now there were shivers down her back and tears and and we thought all right this is something that's much larger than us and we clearly need to dig deeper and spend time together and investigate what's there and the why behind these events that you know are calling us together so so in that respect he was very clear or tuned in to to our connection before we met that's a beautiful thing I had suffered a really terrible breakup uh, about 10, 11 years ago now. And I remember going outside and I saw a shooting star right outside my house. And, and, and on that star, I was like, this is what I need in a partner. And I, and I had a list and it was pretty extensive. And within days, I, had, I met my now husband and, and he literally checks everything that I said, you know, to the universe, to the star. And, and I really, uh, really truly believe that you can call whatever you want into your life, you know? And I, I guess I could follow that up with, I've been following you guys for so many years. I was into yoga for so long and your relationship and your business has always fascinated me. And when I started the podcast, I was like, you know what? I'm going to interview them. This is, I, they're on my bucket list. I'm going to meet them one day. And not to go into how we met, but it wasn't the best of circumstances when we first saw each other. And I was like, oh no, I, I have to say hi to them. I know that this isn't the greatest, but the universe brought me here to see them. And, you know, it just, to me, it's like these little cosmic winks, you know, that you're following the right path and that you're doing the right thing, you know? So I, I definitely believe in, in calling things into your life. So powerful. I think it can't be underestimated. I mean, you're a testament to it. I am as well. And I think the more people are open to really trusting their, their inner intuition and not being afraid to ask for what they want and holding that in their hearts and their heads and their hands and just knowing that you can create what you want. It, things happen, you know? It's, it might sound cliche, but we really are the masters of our own universe. And when we remember that, everything moves to make that happen. The stars, the, everything aligns to pull in what it is that you really want. Exactly. Now, after you moved to Australia and you guys were together, how did you come to now create this relationship where you built your business and, and you're working together? We started to, to work together in 2012. And prior to that, Honda uh, was still building his business as a personal trainer. He was in finances for a number of years as a financial trader. And in that time, I was teaching yoga classes in Sydney, also getting into acro yoga in Sydney. And so we were living together and sharing our life, but not quite doing the same thing on the same schedule. One day from Hansa's trading world, this crazy, frenetic, busy, aggressive environment, he woke up and he said, I can't do this anymore. I need, I need a break. I need to do something totally different. Uh, I need to go to Nepal. And 
this was a bucket list item for him. It was something that he had always wanted to do to trek to Everest base camp and to study yoga in depth. He finally was ready for that. And so it was another kind of hit and, and shiver down my spine. I said, okay, you do need to go. You know, I, I lovingly bless your journey and, and want you to go. And I just want you to know that I just want to know that you get there safely and that you come home. I don't even need to know what happens while you're there. I just want you to go and have your time to do whatever it is that you need to do. And that's exactly what happened. He went and we didn't talk for almost two months. Wow. And I guess he just, you know, found whatever it is that he needed to find and, and hit his reset button and came back feeling a whole lot clearer and calmer and more grounded and 15 pounds lighter from not eating. <laughs> he did an Ashtanga teacher training while he was there and trekking to base camp. There's so many challenging situations that just push you to, to your limits. And so, yeah, he came back a very different person on many levels. And he came back and he said, okay, I'm ready. Let's do this together. Let's live this life together. And shortly after we opened our uh, Facebook account and then started a website together and things started to roll really quickly once that happened. Um, like, again, the universe was just saying, all right, you guys are ready. I hear a whole bunch of pieces and opportunities and, and events to, to really test you and see if you're ready. So within that time, no, within a year or so, we opened up a... We had an invitation to take over a yoga studio in Sydney, and we said yes to that and started running the space and, and used it as a bit of a playground to explore different styles and to play with our acro yoga practice and experiment on how we'd like to tweak that and turn it into something that's accessible to a wide net of people, which is where we created Acro Vinyasa. And we started to build our Instagram account. Initially, it was just a way to, to document our own practice and to have a log of how we're doing with this, these crazy acro poses that we're doing. And, and it really just fell into, I guess, divine timing with when we were building our Instagram account. And, and with that, you know, there was more exposure and the algorithms were different <laughs> and all sorts of factors uh, for social media. But within that, we started to get some invitations to travel overseas. Japan was our first international trip, and it was such a, a wild experience to, to teach overseas together. And, and from that, things just sort of snowballed, and we started traveling more. And within two years, we, we handed over the studio to someone else because we were traveling so much and, and felt like it was time to become more nomadic in a way and shared with as many people as possible so it's not like you were reaching out to different countries you know for the opportunity it, people were drawing you to them mm. yeah i mean to to be truly honest it was a mixed bag now we put in our I, I brought up my new york hustle and i was definitely reaching out to local studios when we were in australia to build an awareness of who we were and then slowly but surely and pretty regularly we were getting invitations for uh interviews and photo shoots and then international festivals and trainings and so it was a combination now we put in the work early days and the fruits the fruits grew pretty quickly off of that tree yeah i think one of the things that i loved the most that you were doing i think it was a few years back you were performing at concerts with michael franti Yes. That was so cool. I was like, okay, so they're traveling the world with him and they're doing their favorite thing of yoga. It's like the perfect combination of what it seemed like you guys were really about. That was a real highlight. You know, if I reflect back on all the things we've done and places we've been, I've been a Michael Franti fan since I was about 16. The first time I saw him in concert, my jaw dropped open and seeing this guy bouncing on stage with tons of energy. I was just in awe of him. And, and so I've been listening to his music for decades now. And yeah, we went to his concert. Gosh, I don't know, one time when he was in Sydney and we, we 
got ourselves backstage and said hi to him and, and chatted for a little bit about who we are and what we do and didn't think much of it, you know, said goodbye. And then the next day we got a phone call from him saying, oh, I'm shooting a music video in Australia. Uh, would you guys like to come up and be a part of it? And that just, <laughs> I was flabbergasted, like, what is happening? Uh, so we flew up to Northern Australia and spent a day filming with him and then sat down to dinner afterwards. And that's when he invited us to do Soul Shine. And his whole vision was behind it was to share the power of yoga and the power of music. And when those two things come together, how healing it can be for the soul. And we were so, so, so honored to be a part of that experience. And it was a real dream come true to to connect with him in such an intimate way and now to call him a friend and to call him family is just like next level dreaming coming true. That is so amazing. And I truly believe that that was the purpose of your mission is like to kind of connect the two and mm. coming from someone like I do yoga alone. Uh, my husband is not really so much into yoga as I am, but watching you guys and showing him those videos, I was able to get him into doing some, some, a little bit of acro yoga with me a couple of times. And, and that kind of brought us together on a more physical level too, just because like you're trusting each other in such a real way. And that started with you guys. And that is just so cool. What would you say were some of your other highlights? Like the biggest things that you can think back and be like, wow, I'm really excited I got to do that. You know, Wanderlust, I don't know if you've been to one of the festivals yet, but it's it's such a moving experience. It's one of the biggest gatherings of positive, like-minded people coming together, not just yogis, but anybody who likes to move or meditate or dance. No, it's such a, a massive gathering of good juju. Yeah. <laughs> the people there are so warm and so kind and we taught at a festival in New Zealand, which is one of the most beautiful places in the world. The, the vibration of the land there and the people and the soil and the food and the environment is just so like, rich and so alive. And, and we, taught, uh, we taught a number of classes there, but the pinnacle of that, that experience was performing for everyone, uh, doing an acro yoga routine that we had been working on for, for weeks and weeks and months. And, and it was just one of those experiences where we were so in the flow, just really tuned into each other, breathing together. Like a, it was a seamless dance routine in a way. It's like you hit every line, you hit every moment, and it just felt so synchronistic and so connected. Yeah, that was a really magical experience. Uh, that was over two years ago, but it still feels really fresh. Something that I also admired of you was that you did the Everest Base Camp trek. And I think you mm -hmm. went by yourself initially, right? If I'm not mistaken. And you left Sophie, your daughter, with Hansa. And then I saw around this year, later last year, he went. So yeah. tell me a little bit about that. I've always been really intrigued by the Everest Base Camp trip. I think the best way to learn more about it is just to come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. There's something really calming and serene and yet so challenging about being there. I feel like it was something that was very important to do for, for my sense of independence and, and growth. So we had planned to do this trip as a family after Hansa had been there seven years prior and said about how moving it was for him. And he said, I'd love to take us back as a family. So we, we did the trek in April last year, and the plan was always for Hansa to stay uh, lower with Sophie, because children can't go up to a high altitude, otherwise they risk altitude sickness. So, so even though I was kind of reluctant to leave them in the safety bubble, I, I was committed to, to taking this trek up for a whole week uh, to one of the highest places in the world and yeah just reclaiming a little fragment of who I am as an individual because it's so beautiful how and I 
recognize how fortunate we are that Hans and I get to spend so much time together and travel together and with our daughter. But within that, you can lose yourself a bit. And so having this time to be in the mountains and challenge myself and to have so many hours alone in my own headspace to ask myself questions about you know, who I am as, as an individual, just as Puddy, not as a mother or wife or a yogi, just as a person. Yeah, it was, it was a really important time for me to just push through some barriers and remember how powerful I am and yet how small I am too. Like being out in a challenging environment, just it's everything. It's, it's so multifaceted about how it challenges you and humbles you. I can't imagine. I would love and to do one day. You should. You should. It's so incredible. And, you know, the simple, the simple task of it is just walking. You're just walking. But within that, you have so much mental time, so much space within you and around you to take in the beauty and to just remember that all of this beauty that you see and smell and taste around you is inside of you. Like, just a, an incredible reminder of our power and our connection to nature. Kind of just recenters you, makes you realize what, what you're truly about and what's really important in life. Completely. So you mentioned that you work together, you're always together. Um, I've interviewed several people um, from social media that work as a team, husband and wife teams. How do you find working as a husband and wife team? <laughs> uh, I said before, everything is two-sided, right? So, you know, it's, it's great and it's really frustrating at times. Uh, I, I love him to bits and he's my best friend and it's so great to, to have all these shared experiences uh, and to have somebody to check in with at the end of every day and reflect and and just talk about, you know, what went really well and what we would have changed. We do a lot of feedback in our relationship uh, and in our teaching. So it's a nice uh, method that we have to, I don't know, keep our shit together and, uh, and not let anything build up. I think that's the, the biggest lesson that, I, that we keep learning as a partnership, spending so much time together. Uh, we, we love it and we also get frustrated with each other. So the, the more time we can spend talking about the challenges that we face, the, the less time we need to spend uh, feeling annoyed with each other. <laughs> uh, I imagine, yeah. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's the best thing ever. You know, it's, it's really sweet that we get to, to share yoga as a couple. And now with Sophie, with our, our daughter, um, and she's only two, but she's soaking in so much about the world and, and she sees the way that we are together as a couple and she sees what we do together. And I know that she's absorbing it all and she's curious about it. You know, she'll hop on her little mini mat too and do yoga near us. And, and she loves to come in for cuddles when we hug too. And so I feel like spending this time together as a couple, we are teaching her so much about love and about communication and connection and honesty and all these intrinsic values that we want to pass on to her. When I met her, she's such a beautiful little girl and so curious and so playful and so energetic. She's definitely the perfect combination of you both. And her eyes are just gorgeous as well. <laughs> I think one of my fears, my personal fears about having kids is that they'd hold me back from doing what I want to do. And you guys have had Sophie and you're able to travel the world and still complete all your goals. I think that's a beautiful thing. And a lot of people might feel similar to how I feel like things would hold them back. So what would you say to those people? That they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's totally possible to just take your child with you into your life instead of the other way around. I feel a lot of uh, people who are considering having kids feel like, just as you said, they'll have to stop their life and, and change everything because they have a child now and work around their schedule. But the opposite is true, especially as babies. 
you are a hundred percent in charge and it's so easy actually in the first year at least to just scoop them up and take them with you wherever you go i mean their needs are so simple and as long as you have some support system in place whether it's your partner or or family you have everything you need to keep living your own life and just and knowing that this that bringing a baby into the world is an enhancement to everything that you're doing it's not a burden it's like the sweetest daily reminder that there's so much love and purity and goodness in the world and you always have an outlet to make you happy so whatever else is going on in your world like a baby will just bring more more love into your life she's so yeah i mean she's a great lesson for for you and mm -hmm. for everybody she's she's a great teacher and as she's gotten a bit older now she's very much into uh while expressing herself in all kinds of ways. So she's, she's becoming very independent already at two and three months. <laughs> uh, and so she is a great teacher about being patient and being really specific with how we communicate and, and asking her for what she wants in a way that's, that's really clear and that's supportive. And, and she's definitely testing us. <laughs> um, but it's, it's always twofolded, you know? She's so beautiful and so pure and so in the moment. I mean, talk about like, having a reminder of being present. She's just an embodiment of being completely absorbed in what she's doing and not wanting to be pulled away for any reason unless it's dire. You know? She's just a, a being of joy and playfulness. And, and she's reminding us to be more like that. So she's been able to watch you guys live this life that you've created together. And it sounds like you've taken a lot of risks to get there and you've jumped into the kind of the unknown. I mean, you moved to Australia, you know, three months after three or five months, you said after, you know, emailing with Hansa, were you always a risk taker? Did you always follow your gut? I feel fortunate that my, my parents always were encouraging of that, that kind of uh, attitude and behavior and lifestyle to just take a leap and see what happens and, and know that if something doesn't work out, then you can always go back to where you were before, but you'll never know what happens unless you do take a risk and take a big leap. And so, so I feel like that has been instilled in me early on. And the fact that I've been traveling from a really young age too has exposed me to other ways of life. And so I've, my scope of what's possible and what's out there in the world was broadened pretty early on. And, and I've never looked back and never wanted to, well, I've always been curious to know like what will happen if I do this or like what's, what are the chances of me actually climbing this mountain or sliding down this hill or rolling over, I don't know, just anything that, that I've wanted to do, I've, I've thrust myself into it completely. I think a lot of people, um, when, when I've interviewed a lot of people, it seems like they, sometimes they're hesitant and they're scared to make that jump because the unknown, it can be a very scary thing. And exactly. I think that people look up to others who seem as though to appear as though they don't have that fear, you know, mm -hmm. even though that fear is still very real inside of each of us, it's, we kind of just push that aside and we more don't look at the, we don't focus on the fear as much as you focus on what could be if you just let go of that fear. That's beautifully said. You know, I, I'm not claiming that I am fearless. Uh, there are always things that, that scare me and there's the consideration of what could happen and, and how things could go wrong. But I also feel like in those moments when you feel the fear and you keep going, that's when you find freedom. Like in the moment when things are challenging and you're buzzing and your heart's racing, and your belly's flipping, like that's when you're alive. I feel it right now in my body as I'm saying that. Like those are the moments that we live for. Otherwise, you know, why are we here? I mean, we can, we can move through life and we can just coast along and that's totally okay. But 
like life is so exhilarating and it can be this incredibly dynamic, exhilarating, over the top <laughs> ride. And so I want to keep putting myself in situations that, that make me feel alive. I can definitely resonate with that. I used to be a teacher for 10 years for children with disabilities and last, not last year, now it's 2017, I unfortunately ended up getting very badly hurt on the job and my doctors told me that I had to leave that job. I wasn't going to be able to go back and this was something I worked my entire life for. You know, that career in teaching, I had stability and all the things that came with it. So when I was told I couldn't do that anymore and have that anymore, I, I felt like lost and, you know, I, I had to jump. I mean, I didn't have a choice. It wasn't like, oh, I'm not going to listen to them. I had no choice. I had to leave. I had to spend time recovering and healing and I'm still doing all of that. But I was watching this Steve Harvey video yesterday where he says you have to jump. And in my case, I kind of felt like I was kind of shoved. <laughs> But what he says when you jump, you know, you're, you jump into this life of abundance that you never knew was possible because you were just standing on this cliff the entire time. And the scary thing about the jump is that your parachute doesn't always open right away or sometimes not at all on the first try. And that's what I felt for myself. I was like, my parachute hasn't really truly opened yet and I kind of did fall and now I'm kind of on this rise up again for this jump and I know that I'm flying and I was almost like welled up with emotion yesterday like this is my time and this is the fear that I was feeling was was holding me back so much and this is what it feels like to be free and to explore new possibilities and and a new life for myself. And you're very fortunate to have discovered that very early on in your life, you know, and to have followed your heart in what you truly always wanted to do and not what you wanted. I, I'm excited for you for the next, uh, of your wings to, to jump out and, and for the parachute to open and for you to glide down and take in the view as you, as you make your way back down to earth. Now, and, and I can only share from my experience, and I recognize that I have been fortunate to not have had a lot of, of suffering and trauma. Uh, I think this past year, 2018, was probably some of the most trauma that I've experienced in my life with uh, my mother's illness, and, and I had a, a motorcycle accident, and they were some really big wake-up calls for me to to slow down and to appreciate the simple things and to really take in the moment and not take anything for granted and recognize that I want to be as fully awake for as much of my life as I can because nothing is guaranteed. And the more that I can just show up fully, not only for, for myself, but for the people around me that are closest to me that I love and for everyone that I connect with to, to be an embodiment of love and to reach out to connect so that we can grow together and feel this greater sense of belonging as a whole humanity and, and planet. I mean, that's why it's why we're here. And this past year has, has been the biggest uh, wake up call for me to just remember how sacred every moment is. I agree to that completely. You never know what tomorrow brings and mm -hmm. to be okay where you are now and to be present and, and to live you know, authentically, I think is a, is a beautiful thing. And sometimes, you know, we don't get the chance or we don't take the opportunity to do it that way the first time. And sometimes it takes a couple of tries. And I know that I'm one of those people that it's taking me a couple of tries. And what would your best advice be to other people who are trying to reinvent themselves and, you know, find that their authentic self? It's a great question. Spending time alone is really, really important. For me, spending time in Nepal, in the mountains, was really good medicine. Getting out into nature, whether it's the woods or the beach or the mountains or the desert, like wherever you can be uh, out in the world where there's less distraction, 
and and a, a easy connection into nature, the world around you. It's it's one of the best ways to to just plug back into the things that really matter. And everyone has their own methods, you know, to to understand themselves and in a deeper way. Keep asking questions. Who are you? Why are you here? How can you be of service to the world? What is your deeper purpose? I think the answers to these questions always change. And so the more you can ask yourself, the more answers you'll arrive at. And I assume that you do a lot of that work when you're doing yoga and you're teaching yoga to others. And I'm sure that you use other modalities as well, like meditation and journaling. Are those some things that you do, you know, utilize as far as like tools in your toolbox to explore yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I read the, I read a book called The Artist Way. Uh, I was years just ago. gifted that for Christmas. Really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so good. I love it. There's some awesome exercises in there for connecting with your innate creativity and. One of my favorite exercises in there are the morning pages. Okay. So uh, when you wake up in the morning, grab a journal, keep it near your bed, and just write three pages, anything that comes to mind. It, you could end up writing the same words, the same sentence over and over again, but just allow yourself to have this, this uh, mental dump of whatever comes to you and get it out. Close the book, put that aside. And that's the first thing that I do in the morning. I, I meditate twice a day for 20 minutes. And before I sit to meditate first thing in the morning, I wake myself up a little bit. So I'll do some rebounding, which is just essentially bouncing the body, like really simple, nothing complicated about it, but just bouncing in place, swinging my arms and doing some breath practices to energize and to wake up the body, get some blood pumping. That's normally like my you know, natural caffeine hit in the morning to get me going. And then I'll sit for 20 minutes and I have a, a mantra that I use, uh, which is a personal mantra, but having that time to sit quietly and just allow the thoughts to sift through without engaging them and simply focusing on my breath is a really grounding anchor and it's something that I look forward to and cherish and and prioritize in the morning so if that means that I need to wake up earlier to make sure that I can do these practices for myself I will and with a toddler now it means that I do need to wake up pretty early but it's totally worth it I feel like dancing is really great therapy <laughs> for everybody because we're all connected to music on some level whatever kind of music it is so just to have that freedom to to be in your own space and to move however you want to is really healing for the body. And you know, every day we accumulate some stuck energy in our bodies, whether it's emotional or physical. And I think something like dancing or asana or yoga helps to just release release it and move it through the body. What inspires yeah. you to be such a like wonderful beam of light? Like is it, was it your parents who influenced you or just what inspires you? Love. <laughs> I feel like I've been asked this question quite a bit and it's really hard to pinpoint it, but I just feel, I feel such an overwhelming love, the connection to love in the world. And I see beauty in everything and in everyone and, and I just want to share that as widely as I can. And it's it's reflected back to me all the time. You know, I'm, I feel joyful watching my daughter sleep or just run around or laugh. And that makes me happier. And I just want to like, share that. You know, it's, it's this constant cyclical feeling of emotion that pulses through my whole body. And I feel like it would it's just impossible for me to hold on to it. I just want to let it spill over and share with other people. And as I do that, I, I know that people feel that too. And, and I get more energy from others around me. And I just want to give more energy to somebody else. And it's this constant feedback loop. Yeah. 
would you say that love is like your why it's like your purpose and your reason for doing what you do besides your daughter and your husband of course yeah no absolutely like love is the intelligence of nature expressing itself and that's everything now love is is the the seed of of life it's why creation why everything exists on the planet there's a magnetic pull to want to to connect and to expand and that's what that's what love is it's a, it's a pull to to want to to connect and to know more deeply and to grow and to to feel the sense of belonging to everything and everyone i love that I do. I love love. I feel, especially when I connect with people that I'm interviewing, like I just feel this like overwhelming sense of love and energy like radiating from me because all I want to do is inspire and motivate others. And I've come mm -hmm. to learn that that's like my true purpose. And so I could definitely resonate with love like everything comes back to love it's also one of my favorite meditations is loving kindness meditations where not only am i meditating for myself but i'm putting as much love as i can out there which was another reason why i was called to be a reiki practitioner and and learning the process of of energy healing and i believe that you can transfer that even when you're not close to somebody you know you can transfer love to whomever whenever wherever Absolutely. And, you know, in the times that we're living in now, I feel like there's so much, there is a lot of suffering in the world. You know, people don't know how to handle their, their emotions or their situations. And, and, you know, you and I and so many people, like we're light workers in this time when people need more empowerment and support and reminder of, of the beauty that lies just on the other side of the the challenges that they're facing so i think it's so important to to keep filling up our own reservoir and to to connect with others and remind them of the light and, and the power and the love that they can tap into within themselves i definitely agree now mm -hmm. i love this question um how would you define success because i know that on the outside it appears like you have, you know, a business that's booming, a wonderful family, but that's not always everybody's, you know, definition of success and happiness. So how would you, how would you define success? So you, you use the word happiness at the end. And, and I, I feel like success is very much about a level of mm, contentment, but contentment is an interesting word because I think when you're content, there's a level of complacency you know if, you, if somebody asks you how you are I'm like yeah I'm content with that yeah you know I'm, I'm okay with it as it is like I don't need things to change and expand so so really a, a success for me would be a deep sense of of happiness but with happiness it's it's kind of a moving target you know you're always looking for for more it's curiosity too it's a it's a wonderment about what else is out there and so, so success for me would be a, a, a deep level of, of happiness and a wonderment of what else you can create. Who else's lives that you could touch and how much more love you can hmm. spread. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not static, you know. You might be successful in, in one venture, one experience, but it doesn't end there. No, it's, it's always expanding. It's always changing. And it's also beautiful that if you truly enjoy what you're doing, you will find success mm -hmm. in that. You know, you, through your love of yoga and your trust in the universe, you were able to find your husband and partner for life and create this beautiful life together and brand and mm -hmm. teaching other people all around the world exactly what they want to learn because they've been called to you and you have that honor of being able to teach them and fulfill your mission as well and i feel like you guys definitely are the embodiment of success and and love it feels like we're we're living our dharma we're living on purpose and and fulfilling a, a deep 
heart desire to, to connect and to uplift other people. One of my favorite questions um, I stole from Oprah, <laughs> but it's, um, who's also on my bucket list, <laughs> but my, I, I'm always curious to find out if you could give your younger self advice, what would you say? It's such a good question. Uh, to be louder and to not hold back, to trust yourself more. Don't be afraid to stand out. Yeah, and to be the loudest person in the room. It's interesting. It's a great question because it just gives me these like flashbacks to myself as a younger girl and, and particularly as a teenager, you know, when you're going through so many changes. And, and I, I felt pretty small at times. Like I wanted to hide or I didn't believe in myself enough to, to stand up and to be loud or to be bold or to be bright. And so I would, I would just love to, to tell her to stand up and be as loud and as bold as you possibly can and to not care what anybody else thinks. Just That's be you. Hard. I love that. I guess I would maybe say something similar to my younger self too. I'm just, I'm so grateful to have had the opportunity to speak with you today. And thank you so much for carving out just a little bit of time for me. And I know, and especially during your vacation time too. I know this is like the time where you're kind of just trying to relax and not do too much. And so I, I truly do appreciate your time and for helping me make part of my dream come true too, you know? Oh, it's a, to it's a total pleasure. It, I mean, it's been such a long time coming for us to, to connect in this way. And, and it really is the reason that we're here, you know, as human beings. It's like we, we need connection to, to thrive and to feel a, a greater sense of purpose and to, to feel this, this sense of love and remember that we are all on the same journey with our own struggles and, and challenges and triumphs and so it's it's such an honor to to be able to spend a little bit of time with you and, and get to know you a little bit more and to to share with whoever's listening thank you so much when when are you guys going to come back to new york we'll be back in june and what do you guys have planned in between now and then uh well we have a few months in sydney still just downtime chill reset for the new year and uh our next trip is to Nepal again. We'll be taking another group to Mount Everest Base Camp. So if you're not doing anything in the first uh, two weeks of May, <laughs> come to Kathmandu. I really would love to. I think I have to wait a couple of years for that one, but I will eventually make it there. I will. I will. Do you have anything else like exciting that you have going on that you want to share and have people know about? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we have our, our meditation retreat to, to Nepal, and following that, we're teaching at a festival in Esalen, um, and then we'll be heading to Thailand for a 300-hour teacher training with our good friends Brian Dice. Uh, all the details for everything's on our website. And uh, after that, we're heading back to Bali to run a 200-hour teacher training. That's so lots of yoga ahead for the year, lots of immersive experiences, lots of transformations and connections waiting to happen. Yeah, and your website is again, it's yogabeyond.com, as well as yes, your thank you, yogabeyond.com. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and our whole headquarters for Yoga Beyond consists of myself and Hansa. So if you ever want to send an email, it's just info at yogabeyond.com. And how did <laughs> you come up with Yoga Beyond? Like the name. Uh, yeah, well, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, I'm more of a whimsical unicorn, as Hansa likes to say, in our partnership. And so when we were coming up for names uh, for a website, I had a really long title initially. And it was uh, Cosmic Power Beyond Imagination. <laughs> it is long. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's long. It's really not practical, but it was just what had come to me. And 
And at the time that I came up with it, he was still trading and he was like on the floor, you know, handling a very different reality. And I messaged him like, oh, what do you think of this for a website? And it's like, uh, put that on hold, don't buy it yet, hang on. <laughs> and uh, he came home that night and we just workshopped it for a while. It's like, all right, you like all these words, it's great, they're empowering, they're symbolic, but let's just streamline it a bit so that we can have lots of things under one umbrella. And he just kept the word beyond. <laughs> And, uh, and thought, you know, we're teaching yoga, so let's get that word in there too. And, and Yoga Beyond was born. And I totally forgot to ask you at the beginning, but I was curious, like, did you take an acro yoga class together to get that started? Because I know you developed acro vinyasa, but how did that come to mm -hmm. be? So I had, I had tried acro yoga first in, in Bondi Beach in Australia and loved it and spent about a year chasing around any opportunity to practice and to learn more and after a year i went to do a training for it for acro yoga when i came back i was super enthused and lit up and started to play with anybody that was interested and within that time hansa started to get interested so i was flying with him a little bit and before too long he was really taken by it as well and, and so we started to to practice more together and then we were running uh, free classes and then workshops and and that just spread to a lot of uh, a lot of opportunities teaching acroyoga in Australia which then took us to other places to teach it and he went to do a training as well for acroyoga and we both did a level one and a level two training and once we had gathered lots of tools and skills in our belt we thought this is amazing we love it but let's find a way to reach as many people as possible because acro yoga, as beautiful as it is, it's kind of a niche practice. And when you see it, you think of something like Cirque du Soleil that's incredible to watch, but never something that you might do yourself right. because it just seems really complicated. <laughs> uh, and so we wanted to make it really simple and accessible and, and spent months developing a way to take a posture that you'll do on your yoga mat and transfer it into the air. So very simple. Uh, we have another Instagram account, which is Acro Vinyasa, which is just for the practice. And it's literally a tile of the pose on the ground and the pose in the air, and then a video tutorial on how to get into it safely. So we made it, it was very systematic, very methodical, very uh, accessible to anybody who wants to try Acro Yoga. It is actually, you do make and it much simpler because that's how I was trying to get my husband i mean we last time we did acro yoga it wasn't like even in the last year it was a couple of years ago because i had gotten injured and everything so i'm not really able to do that right now i remember we were on a beach in jamaica and i had finally gotten wi-fi i'm like let me pull up their their thing this is what we're going to be doing today on the beach and he's like in front of everyone here and i was like yeah in front of everybody here we're gonna you're gonna lift me up on your feet and and i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna try to kiss you like really cute <laughs> I remember falling everywhere but you do make it very simple and something that you wouldn't be scared to do good I'm happy to hear that <laughs> it was so goofy <laughs> it's, the best, I mean, it's a huge reason why we love it and why we do it you know it's, it's so playful and falling is half of the experience and it just reminds you of being a kid and goofing around and laughing at yourself when you fall over and getting back up and trying again. So yeah. that's the, the juiciest bit of why we love to run trainings and just teach people acro yoga because you get to see adults just strip down some of their barriers and play like kids. It's such good therapy. It's so fun. And it also develops like a sense of trust and respect in another person as well. It's like you really have to, you're, putting yourself on to somebody and you're trusting that they have your back. And I think developing yeah. that relationship is also really a big part of acro vinyasa. Absolutely. Yeah. That trust and community building and the way that you communicate with other people, like it all, it's all part and parcel of how you show up and how you'll support each other. You're supporting someone else. You're being supported you're trusting, you have to surrender to, you have to hold strong to keep somebody else up and in place. 
there are so many elements that apply to different parts of your life. So it's a really incredible practice on a lot of levels. Yeah. Again, I'm so, so thankful that you just took some time to talk to me today. Uh, I've learned a lot from you and I'm definitely very inspired and motivated by you guys. And, and I hope that we can chat again sometime in the future and that if you come to New York, we live close enough. Maybe we can meet up for lunch or do something like that. That would be yeah. fun. And I could see Sophie. so cute last time I had seen her. And I'm just happy that your family is doing well. And I'm very grateful. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for, for creating the space and holding the space and making time. And uh, we'll definitely see each other again. This isn't the last time. Thank you so much, Claudine. Great. Well, we'll speak again soon. We'll definitely do this again um, with both of us. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. See you soon. Talk soon. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to hit subscribe for future episodes. If you know someone that has a story that should be shared with me, Tell them to email me at chrissyclemente at gmail.com. Until next time, peace out. I've been a lot of places all around the way. I've seen a lot of joy and I've seen a lot of pain, but I don't want to write a love song for the world. I just want to write a song about a boy and a girl. Junkies on the corner always calling my name. And the kids on the corner playing ghetto games. When I saw you getting down, girl, I hope it was you. And when I look into your eyes, I knew it was true. I said, hey. I know.